back in the 90s. Everything was better and somehow worse all at once. It was a time of darkness. It was a world of fear. It was the age of Saturday morning cartoons. by day, homework by night. We were betrayed by the boomers we had sworn to protect. Frozen in student loan debt for a thousand years. Now on the internet, the shows of old return, and we live again. We are defenders of what came before. We are Nostalgia Plus. Hello and welcome once again to Nostalgia Plus, where we talk about Gargoyles, the 1994 Saturday morning cartoon available on Disney Plus. I'm joined by Katie. That's me. And Nick Evangelista. Howdy, howdy. And Rachel. Hi. I don't have a last name. And Peter Schaefer. Hello. And I'm Dan Evanson. Thanks again for joining us. We're going to talk about three more episodes. Uh, This is going to be Temptation. Deadly Force and Enter Macbeth. Uh, let's start it off with uh, episode seven, Temptation, where we are, uh, where it's revealed almost immediately after a quick. Uh, sh- oh no, I'm sorry, I'm jumping, I'm jumping way ahead. I missed the key moment of this episode, which is that Lexington, after being in the human world for like a month, builds hold a on. motorcycle. <laughs> hold on, hold on, like. Five months, I think, because I think in this episode they mention it's been it's five months in into. Uh, oh, you know what? Yes. What's his yeah. name? Yeah. Six month prison sentence. Yes. yes. So That's he's more... been reading uh, Zen and motorcycle repair or something <laughs> yeah. and is built a, a I guess a motorcycle, although it's got like a cow catcher on the front of it. Like it's a, it is a fancy looking, train. fancy looking motorbike. Yeah. Okay, they're addicted to TV. I don't know if this was on in the 1990s, but that build a Orange County whatever mo- motorcycle show. Anyone remember that? Yes, it was most assuredly yeah. not on in the 90s. Okay, never mind. There were, Maybe. There were plenty of uh, opportunities on TV, though, to see a cool guy get on a motorcycle uh, without a doubt. But yeah, so Lexington, you know, with five months of experience in the modern world, builds a motorcycle, which... Um, Works. Who is it? Brooklyn is Brooklyn yes. the yeah the one with the beak. Yes, he's to to drive off on. Let's be clear. Brooklyn has uh, submitting himself as the Raphael of uh, the three idiots. <laughs> he's the most has the most devil like in appearance. Yeah, yes. I mean he goes into this and um, immediately sees a, a bunch of other bikers as he's out cruising the town and just kind of walks right up to him with his big old dragon face and is like, Hey guys, how's it going? And for a minute they're cool until they realize he is not a human being. Yeah. No, they were they totally died. cool for a minute. And then they turned into a motorcycle gang. Oh, you did miss the most important part of the episode where he runs away from cops by using his wings and flying over a oh, jump. That is cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the cops, use... the cops also are like, we're just <laughs> never going to talk about this again because we want to keep our jobs. 
Yeah. Uh, thus, thus explaining why gargoyles are not. Because, I mean, we've already seen Goliath uh, fly over a crowd, have his photograph taken during a swimsuit uh, photograph uh, session, um, easily caught on video, I think, a couple of times, be involved in a shootout in the middle of Central Park. Uh, it'll get worse, too. This yeah. this, this episode, it'll, well, it'll get worse. Next, ep- next, next episode, he, they do something very egregious. But in this episode, uh, Brooklyn is assaulted by a biker gang and is saved by another gargoyle who stays in the shadows, but eventually is revealed to be Demona. And, surprise, surprise. Uh, she puts the whammy on him uh, using her feminine wiles. Oh, no, that's not. No. That's Is not, that not what happens? No, instead, she tries to convince him that she's just misunderstood. And if. She can just get some alone time with Goliath. She's sure she can convince him because humans are the worst. Didn't you just get beat up by a biker gang? Let's I kill totally, all the humans. Yeah. I totally didn't pull a bazooka on you earlier. <laughs> he does say that. He's like, last time I saw you, you pulled a bazooka on me. <laughs> but yeah, she she what she shows him a bunch of examples of humans being jerks, which to be fair, many times we are, and uh, tries to convince him that that is just the way of things and that what gargoyles need to not sure it's a little fuzzy what the point is there and then bring bring me what a magic spell and then bring me goliath and we'll make it all better yeah yeah so she convinces him to steal the uh, the magic book that the magus called the grimoire the grimoire i think it has an even crazier name like the grimora or something it's like the grimora yeah it's like something it's a weird name of a book you don't want to read. <laughs> well, a grimoire is just like a book of spells, like a generic name for a book of spells. I think mm. this one does, like in a later episode, maybe they they let us know that it has like, it's like the... Call it the Grimorum Arcanum. Grimorum. Yeah, the Grimorum Arcanum. There you go. That's it. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Thank Google. Katie, the... Katie, are you sure you're not the robot? <laughs> can neither confirm nor deny we're all we're all robots uh and yet somehow we are not podcasting robots so (laughs) i don't know what we're doing we're not well if we were if then we become radio um robots because then we'd be broadcasting live this is getting very confusing (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so uh where this happens so brooklyn uh does manages to uh steal the book uh which amounts to him more or less just like going and getting it and uh <laughs> gives it to demona where uh she flies to um an actual place in central park i think the or, or cloisters the cloisters yes which is a place you can go visit actually it's pretty nice i wrote uh, i was lit- and then um i wrote down what i was writing down is the cloisters an ambush and then while I was writing it down, the an- it was answered for me. So I was like, answer, yes. So I have, I have a question that, that leapt out to me here. Um, because Demona says during her whole pitch to convince Bra- uh, Brooklyn, she goes over, no, I wasn't actually turned to stone. I've been alive this whole time. And so now my brain is saying, wait, so do gargoyles live forever? She hasn't changed at all. Uh, I, yeah, this also confused me because she'd well, be then, like over a century. 
re- well, a thousand years, right? Um, and That's then, a treat. Millennium. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But then you, and so I think, well, maybe they don't age, but we compare her to Hudson, who is clearly the old gargoyle. How right. old is he? Just at least six. Or is, right. At least six. Is that what you said? At least six. Yep. Okay. That's, this is good. He, so <laughs> we know now that he's older than six. Um, but so does I'm, it's a it's a children's cartoon show, so I should probably just back off. But but why? It, it, the thing is, like, it seems to me that either this should be a transparent lie, and and Brooklyn should just say, "Ha ha, that's not how gargoyles work." Of course, you're deceiving me again. But he doesn't. So clearly, this is how gargoyles work. And then later in another episode, you see like a iconography of the Mona. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's right. Two episodes later. So it's, she's clearly been around because people have seen her and made stained glass pictures of her. Yes, although although that one came connected to some uh, yet another crazy billionaire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so he could have made that, you know, last week for all we really know. But the mythos of Demona is, is building here. That's true. It's it's just it's very strange, and I'm not sure how the how to balance out her living a thousand years but not changing with Hudson being I'm not sure how old and also clearly being the old one. So let's just we can move on with it. But uh, well, let me let me just say that unlike all our questions about eggs egg laying and uh, the anatomy of gargoyles, uh, the mystery behind Demona and all the questions you just asked, we will eventually get answers to. Okay, I'm excited by this. So, uh, she manages to cast her spell on Goliath and turns him into a mindless zombie of some sort uh, where he only will take commands from the person holding the spell, uh, the written spell that was cast on him, leading to a fight between Brooklyn and Demona where they are kind of hot potatoing this book of spells uh, where eventually uh, Brooklyn manages to get the spell uh, away from the book um, and uh, manages to use Goliath to fight off Demona. Um, and eventually she escapes, uh, threatening to throw the book uh, into the water, into uh, a local water uh, lake or river or something. And Brooklyn manages to save it and take Goliath bath. But unfortunately, uh, it does not seem like there is a way to undo what has been done to Goliath. Uh, and so the gargoyles have a little uh, meeting to figure out what to do. And uh, Detective Maza realizes we can just out logic this stupid magic. <laughs> and she commands Goliath to act as if the spell had never been cast on him. And that works. And so, he <laughs> is awake. I have questions. I have a lot to say about this. All right, yeah. on, Nick. Well, so, so, we're supposed to sort of uh, believe that this is the same thing as if the spell had never been cast. But the reality is for the rest of the show of Gargoyles, <laughs> we, have to, we have to understand that he's under a spell and is only acting. Yes. <laughs> he's, he is obeying a command to act as, though, as he thinks he would if he were not under a spell. Yeah, is the real is the, is is the real Goliath gone? Is this just a a construct? 
The existentialist yeah. nightmare you've just <laughs> uncovered, yes, is real. I don't know what to tell you about it. How are there not more people like freaking out about this on the internet? See, my thought process for this was what I would have done when I said, Goliath, you're not under the spell anymore to him holding the spell. But that's not a command. Like that's, it's, that's an assertion. I, I guess. I, I, did, I do like the way that they, they logicked it. I thought that that solution was fine. When Maza took the spell and said, guys, I have a solution, you know, I thought she was going to give him the spell so that the only person whose commands he could follow were his own, and therefore he had to have his own commands. Um, and he'd, ha- he'd have to carry the paper around forever. I thought that, would, that seemed like a neat weakness. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what if you just ate it? There we go. <laughs> well, what if you burn it? What if nobody holds the spell? Can he yeah, take zero what, actions? See, that's I was the thinking thing. about that as well. Uh, I would have definitely burned the spell after I commanded him to not to act like he was never under the spell because I think like the last command would uh, hold on. So yeah, I know it's it, possible that somebody holding the spell would be able to sort of reactivate. It. I think that's probably a thing that could happen. That's what I'm cool. thinking. Are you like, are you are you giving us a hint? I don't remember if this comes up later. Because like he totally, mm. if somebody had the spell, they could totally command him now because he's under a spell. I, I, I will say that there are very few coincidences, even though we've talked about a lot of them already. <laughs> there are a few coincidences in the show. Like for example, I think one that um, isn't going to come up until like season two, but. Uh, if you guys notice, Clancy Brown was the voice of Wolf from the pack. Um, and he was also the voice actor for the leader of the Vikings. And that is huh. not a coincidence. Ooh. Oh, so there are nice. there are things like that that are pressed through the series where if you go back and watch it a second time, you're going to you find some extra little bits. You ruined That's my theory, Dan. <laughs> you ruined my theory. Wait, which theory? It's in episode eight. I'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I know it, it feels like we're we're nitpicking this spell thing a whole bunch, but I I feel like the show asked us to by solving it with <laughs> logic in the first place. So so that's on you, gargoyles. I, I do want to say I I like with Peter. I, I agree with you. I actually thought it was a clever, fun solution. Oh yeah, it's definitely fun. It, I definitely like the way they did it, but I was just. It opens a lot of possibilities for like uh, Goliath to turn on people. Mm-hmm. I, I I think my point is that we're nitpicking it in good spirit, though. Yeah. The well, very it's best one of my spirit. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of of Gargoyles is like, oh, there's all this mysterious magic and stuff. But sometimes, like, there's fun, simple solutions, and in a lot of cases, those solutions are presented by like Detective Mazo, who sort of represents like the modern way of thinking, where like you know, nine ninety four. There, maybe there wouldn't have been a perspective like that that could have gotten to that sort of easy solution. They all would have just been like, it's wizardry and witchcraft. We're oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, well, I got the blue today. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. I, I stole it from you, Katie. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I made a mistake. It's not episode eight where things happen, where I have fairies. It's episode nine where I have fairies. Oh, well, we'll get there soon. Yeah. So uh, that that's it for. Uh, I don't think there's anything else going on in this episode. No, that's, let's, I think it, it wraps up after they 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 logic the spell out of existence. Yeah. So let's jump to Deadly Force um, episode oh. eight. 
or the Broadway episode, as I called it in my notes. That's right. Because we've done the Brooklyn episode and the Lexington episode already. Yep. So this episode uh, starts with uh, a robbery where uh, a bunch of guns are stolen from Xanatos Industries under Owen's watch. Uh, We see Owen, uh, you know, can hold his own even uh, against a bunch of armed criminals uh, when he manages to escape unscathed. I will say, I hate the main bad guys in this episode's hair. I hate his hair. Oh, well, that's the 90s. <laughs> well, and he has, like, the most ridiculous name. His name is, like, Draco or something like that. Dracon. Dracon. That's right. It's even worse than Draco. It's, it's, like, Dracon. it's like Drake and Akon mixed together. <laughs> and that's his last name. I think his first name is, like, Nick. <laughs> How dare you? What a terrible name. So, uh, no, How dare you? It's Tony. It's oh, Tony. Tony Dracon. Yeah. Close. They're what a great close. name. Yeah, so similar. So I don't similar. Know if, Tony and if Nick. You guys noticed, but Tony <laughs> Dracon is voiced by Richard Grieco. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Richard Grieco, uh, famous for uh, his role in uh, 21 Jump Street uh, and recently, like in those 22 Jump Street movies with. Uh, those comedy movies. All right. All right. Listen, no, no, you guys are very young. I get it. I still don't <laughs> no, know Johnny who Depp. this person is. Johnny Depp. I know what well, 21 yeah. Jump Street has Johnny Depp. Right. I'm acknowledging yeah. that I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to say Richard Grieco <laughs> is Johnny Depp. Because they're different people. <laughs> oh, we've made a right mess of this, haven't we? <laughs> okay. There's only three of us that are considered that are. Okay. Two of us that are youngsters and three of us that are young. Grr. I'm not a youngster. <laughs> You're... But do you know who Richard Grieco is, Katie? I'm according to Google, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me Google. Does Katie know who Richard Grieco is? And let's see what it tells me. <laughs> Google says no. Weird. I guess you don't. Oh, shoot. Well, but I'm... so, Richard Grieco is a person. Yep. And, and he voiced a bad guy in this show. Please, all you old people listening to this, write in and reassure me that people know who Richard Grieco is. Yeah, <laughs> give us a review and make fun of us. Yes, oh, but no. please put five stars. Five, your five-star ribbing review is what we want. So we go back to the episode, and Broadway has become obsessed with a Western, uh, which is just sort of this generic Western they create. And he's watched it a million times. And after a fresh viewing, he decides to go hang out with Detective Maza at her house where she's going to make up some steaks for him. And then this episode gets real, real oh on God. us. It does. It does. <laughs> because Broadway picks up her gun and starts playing with it. And you kind of expect for some shenanigans to happen. And instead, he shoots Detective Maza in the back. And it gets real, real, real fast. Um, I mean, like we hear from the doctor later and it's this is no, you know, movie shot through the shoulder where I guess I'll be okay, Right. The doctor says something about like nicking a corner of the heart and pulling it out of her spine. Yeah. Yeah. One of one of her lungs is hit. uh, It clips off her collarbone. It nudges the heart muscle. uh, She technically dies a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's, she flatlined. That like they yeah. bring her back. 
but um, bad kids don't play with guns. Also, shooting yeah. in the shoulder is very deadly because you have ar- there's a lot of arteries in your shoulders. Oh yeah, no, the shoulder is terrible. Don't get shot in the shoulder. But in movies, that's where you get shot yeah. if you want to be like, oh, I'm wounded, but I will be okay. If you can, <laughs> yeah. In don't the believe the don't believe the movies, kids. Uh, and even in this episode, like the there's not a lot of uh, blood, uh, even though she has been seriously shot. We don't ever like really see a lot of blood. In a lot of cases, it's colored very darkly. Um, and even in the hospital, they get her cleaned up pretty quick. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, th- this was um, I did not remember this episode at all. Like um, I thought we were in for kind of fun and games for the majority of this season and this oh, very so this special episode. You too. Yeah, I, I was very much caught off guard. I do not remember serious stuff like this uh, going on in this show. Uh, so Broadway makes a break for it after uh, taking uh, Detective Mazza to the hospital and uh, returns. Uh, does he make it back? No, I don't think he makes it back to no, the castle. No, he, the he other just stays or, somewhere or and feels intense guilt. Uh, Owen uh, surprises Goliath right before sunrise with the no- knowledge that uh, Detective Maza has been shot and is nearly dead. Uh, and that day, while uh, the gargoyles are sleeping, we see Tony Dracon and his goons are out in the forest uh, practicing with all their new guns. Their laser uh, guns. They have laser guns, yeah, which apparently are really good at blowing up rocks and not great at blowing up trees. Well, they burn really through sure. the trees, but the rocks don't uh, don't burn away fast enough, so they heat up and explode. Yeah, we didn't talk about it in the last episode, but I feel like uh, Gargoyles sets up a world where uh, motorcycles and cars are very explosive. Oh, you know, I, I had something to say about that, right? Because at the end of the game oil? fight... <laughs> at the end of the gang fight, uh, uh, one of the gang members shoots at, at what's his name again? Brooklyn, Brooklyn. And misses and hits the bike and it just explodes. And my, my thought there was, well, that's, that's kind of what you get when you're building your first motorcycle and you don't have any, you know, state mandated, uh, safety standards. <laughs> you build yeah. the Pinto of, uh, <laughs> Pinto yeah. of motorbikes. It looks really cool, but boy. Yeah, like nowadays, uh, if your car gets in a crash, your car can shut it off the fuel injectors so it won't explode. What a great idea. But that's terrible for movies and TV shows. So uh... also, also, it's weird because it also sends da- your data to um, your car company. Huh. So, you know. You my car has like a black box in it? Yes. Oh, and furthermore, your car is is constantly streaming to your... <laughs> uh, We're all being spied on all the time. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so but yeah, back in back in um, I think it was episode uh, four, uh, part four, Awakening. Um, Detective Maza is running away, and she hides out in like a boat shed, and um, gas- <laughs> yeah. gasoline. They're shooting into the shed, and they shoot a hole in a gasoline canister and start spilling gasoline. And so oh, she yeah. looks at it, runs away, dives in the water, and everything explodes. There was no yeah. fuse, no spark, but the, just, uh-oh, oil's leaking, blow up. The funny thing about gasoline is the liquid will not explode. It's the vapors that explode. Like, if you uh, light a match and put it into a, ga- a, a gallon of gasoline, it will, the, uh, it will just go out. It won't explode. Mm-hmm. It's the vapors that explode. That's how your car runs on explosives. 
Right. You need that right, the correct mixture of, of what gasoline, vapor, and oxygen. Yeah. So, but like you said, Not this in this universe. world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Gas is exposed to the air, it explodes. <laughs> the, a gun th- goes through canisters of gas. Whoops. Boom. And it's on, it, it is like this very short, there's just like just enough time frame for the hero to A, notice, and B, get away. Yes. In a, uh, explosive fiery uh, dive into a lake. <laughs> oh, I would never die head first into a lake because you can't see it. Yeah, I don't trust lakes. <laughs> <laughs> lakes are very lakes. suspicious. No. <laughs> what do you mean you don't trust lakes? Very. I don't know what's in there. No, could be sharks in there. Yeah, lakes are gross. Well, lakes also have rocks and at amoebas. the bottom. <laughs> you know, if you can't see the bottom of a lake, if you can't see the bottom, I wouldn't go into it. Forget about krakens. Yes, the great <laughs> lakes are dangerous. Great Midwest krakens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back in this episode, um, we see Detective Maza in the hospital, and we learn uh, her parents and her brother show up. We learn that uh, Detective Maza, although we probably could have guessed this, is mixed race. Uh, seems like her dad is Native American, uh, and her yep. mom is African American. Um, and her brother uh, is there, Derek, uh, who has the least African or Native American name I've ever heard of. Um, I thought I thought uh, her dad was Hispanic, but it could, uh, I might have missed miss that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, that is entirely I possible. They, they I don't Native feel like they come out it. and they go and they go, "Hey, everybody, we're this race." You know, they don't do that. Yeah. It's, we're, we're left to make our best guess but uh, I think the voice actor possibly for his character is uh, Native American yes it's Michael Horse uh, you know, you're, is the voice you're probably, actor you're probably right Iros is very early in the morning <laughs> yeah you, you might uh, for those of you who watch Twin Peaks uh, Michael Horse is no! de- Deputy Tommy Hawk Hill oh my god <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. Oh, I'm watching season three right now, The Return. Uh, special special oh, tie-in <laughs> for the rest of our Too Many Thoughts media. Uh, We're all going to talk about uh, Twin Peaks at some point. Let me just throw this I've out there. If you haven't watched Twin Peaks, you need to. It is actually the best show on television ever. I've never watched it. <laughs> I've also never watched it. Oh my god, oh, what is wrong you with guys. people? Yes, I, I somewhat agree. I um <laughs> it's okay. I'm watching the Americans right now. It's been consuming my life. So I've been watching this show called Gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> holy holy segue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh after we find out that Detective Maza is in rough shape and her parents are very sad, uh we cut back to Brooklyn, who is hanging out in Central Park, cleaning up muggers because he feels real guilty about what happened. Wait so a minute. His... Well, do you mean Broadway? Um, yes, Broadway. Yes, okay. you're... What did I say? You said Brooklyn. Brooklyn. No, okay. It's really no, the show's fault having Broadway, Brooklyn, and Bronx. Yes, that that does make it tough. Or maybe it's uh, New York City's fault. So he's out there playing vigilante. He finds that uh, people are selling laser guns out on the streets and he learns the name of the supplier is glasses. And he goes to track down uh, this guy who's 
putting these guns out on the street because Broadway is now super anti-gun after he shot someone. Uh, meanwhile, back in the hospital, Detective Maza is dead again, and they're shooting her up with epinephrine and zapping her with paddles, trying to bring her back. Uh, Broadway finds glasses. Wait, what's that? Oh. Did let's talk about how big this like needle was for epinephrine. Oh my god, it, it, like, it, it couldn't fit his hands around it. Because that's terrifying. I mean, it, to be fair, when you have a needle that you're of epinephrine that you inject into somebody's chest in, in life-saving manners, it is a very big needle. But it's not so big you can't put your hand all the way around it. Yeah, I figure it's something. Does anyone have a penicillin shop? I or dislike I, needles nope. in all types. <laughs> it, you I get love it in needles. Your, you get it in your butt, and it hurts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, never mind. Well, it was. Well, anyways, uh, and this sucker is huge because it goes in your butt, and I, I and I got it twice, and dear lord, it hurt. So I imagine that's what epinephrine one looks like. Entirely possible. Yeah, it is a huge, scary thing, and I'm glad I've never been shot forced to have giant needles put into my body. Don't <laughs> don't get pneumonia, and if you do get pneumonia, tell somebody about it because that's how I got a. Uh, Gotten the twi- twice with uh, penicillin. Yikes! I don't know. No, thank you. Uh, I would like to continue <laughs> watching gargoyles. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, no, no, don't Holy worry. About segue. It. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at segues. No. So, so uh, Broadway uh, tracks down glasses and picks that dude up by the back of his head. Yes. Uh, <laughs> And uh, finds out where the stash is going. Uh, he finds out that um, Goliath is already on the scene because Goliath has uh, believes that uh, Tony Dracon is the one that uh, shot Detective Maza, and he's there for revenge. Uh, Broadway doesn't have the heart to tell him the truth yet. Uh, the gargoyles break in and rough up these dudes like uh, they weren't even there. And... Uh, I feel like there's a climactic moment. Yeah, so like eventually Goliath has Dracon sort of dead to rights and Broadway tells the truth and Goliath right, says no, you can't you can't kill him because he didn't try to kill Maza. It was it was me. I did it. I'm I'm terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh so I had a question beforehand about the when you know in the movie theater the mm-hmm. movie th- why was everyone so dressed up? I was very confused. <laughs> Was were they dressed up? I didn't notice. I mean, I think that was kind of also more common. Maybe not in the '90s, but no, certainly back in the day. It might have been a premiere thing. I don't know. No, they'd seen this movie a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, you know, I think like I think Nick is partially right that like this is it was sort of a callback to like, hey, Broadway likes this old movie, uh, and so they they were kind of like portraying the old fashionedness of the whole the whole activity. Hmm. It's also possible, like, I know that, like, in the 90s, we had a lot a lot of specialty movie theaters where, like, you know, they would show um, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show and stuff like that, where, you know, it would it would be shown for the purpose of, like, fans to dress up and sort of like an Alamo draft house kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? Or Yeah, I think it fills kind of the same niche where they're like, hey, we're going to show some somewhat obscure movies and people are sort of expected to dress up and be rowdy during the thing. 
I mean, it's sort of still a thing nowadays, like at theaters, like you'll see older people when they go to plays, they'll dress up, but younger people tend to kind of just be a lot more casual jeans and a t-shirt kind of thing, or maybe mm-hmm. a polo. But like, you know, I, my girlfriend works at a theater downtown here. So like, you know, I see the people going into the theater and out of the theater when I pick her up from work and you can, t- you can see a very clear difference. Hmm. So eventually the gargoyles get the, uh, the weapons back to Owen and um, they find out Elisa didn't die and uh, Broadway is uh, relieved. He didn't murder his friend <laughs> and they all uh, go back and uh, visit uh, detective Maza in the hospital. And she forgives Broadway for shooting her. And it's like, Hey, let's never do this again. <laughs> it's sort of the moral <laughs> uh, episode. Um, yes, you have to be more careful about not playing with guns and I have to be more careful about securing my guns when idiots are around. Right. Yeah. That's she, she does take a lot of bit of the responsibility on herself in this episode, which I'm well, not sure she needed to. Cause I mean, she's, she's a single cat lady. So right. why should that be her problem? It's not like her cat <laughs> jump up and start shooting people. Well, I picture the younger God girls are basically babies in this world. They're they're yeah they're they're kids they're dumb kids yeah so and you always like if with kids you uh, make sure the, the your guns are secured but uh, they she probably wasn't thinking about that no I imagine she probably not. missed it when the three idiots put a fork in the uh, electrical outlet earlier <laughs> <laughs> I I call them in my head I call them the dunce trio oh the dunce trio that's what it is yeah. uh, uh, all right. Well, a couple so, of things I liked about this episode. Um, I liked, I mean, so we have that Elisa Maza is, you know, she's our police representative and our, our non-gargoyle sympathetic character. And she's a woman, which is great. And we discover in this one that her captain is also a woman, which is just great. And I don't know, it feels forward thinking for the 90s. And I just appreciated it. Yeah. She's um, also, she was yeah. also... She's also mis- mixed race with neither the uh, neither her parents being white. Yes, which is fantastic. Um, I liked. I don't. I don't think I can express clearly what felt better about it, but I really liked the gun handling in the final, like the climactic fight scene with the gun thieves. It seemed like they were animated using their weapons in a way that just made them seem more competent and proficient and that you don't normally see in cartoons. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone else noticed this or if it was just me, but they all seem to be like handling the weapons well in a professional and competent manner, which I just normally it wouldn't stand out to me, but I don't know. It's just, they all seem to be know what they were doing. I just um, getting, yeah, I'm yeah. And from this episode. I'm getting a very, uh, that Xanatos is a very morally ambiguous early Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Pre um, Iron Man Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, yeah. they, they don't really explain like where what the actual intended use of those weapons were supposed to be. Uh, right. I mean, because it turns out the person who's going to buy them was Owen. Uh, yeah. And uh, the explanation he gives was to buy them back for his company so that these prototypes don't get out into the wild. 
um, but of course we are immediately suspicious, right? Like, is that yeah. what he was really doing or was he buying him under the tables for some other purpose? It's also kind of weird because with prototypes, you don't need 322 prototypes unless you're going <laughs> of different makes and models, unless you're going to different, like there's a lot of different facilities that need these prototypes. Make a good point. Yes, I agree. So, uh, yeah, any, anybody got anything else for Deadly Force before we move on to the next episode? Only nope. the most important thing we learn in this episode is that Maza has a cat named Cagney. That's true. <laughs> and, and it's an adorable cat. It's ador- I mean, this is clearly the new star of the show. And I'm we'll what, be following this cat closely in future episodes. I want to meet his love, uh, his love interest, Lacey. <laughs> right? There's got to be a Lacey. <laughs> I actually kind of really appreciate in this show how they talk about guns in this episode, how it's not like something that they just ignore or gloss over or be like, oh, guns are cool or guns are bad. It's like they actually just kind of treat it like it is a tool that is used and you have to be safe with it. It's sort of is more like a practical, realistic interpretation of what guns are for a kid's show. It's kind of just different to see. Mm-hmm. It's very responsible of them. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. Now we're moving on to episode nine, which I forgot All the name. Right. Oh, enter Macbeth. Enter Macbeth. And now I have a theory about Macbeth where when he was opening, he that that Dan spoiled for me. Oh no. Because <laughs> my theory was Macbeth was either a descendant of the Viking or a descendant of the captain. Uh, no, the still... the true history of Macbeth is even weirder than <laughs> Because I had questions because when he's introduced, uh, well, when Dan, you can start the little uh, rundown and I'll, I'll jump in when you get to the part where I, I got where this theory spun from. Okay, I will do that. So uh, we start this one off with um, uh, Xanatos in prison. And I don't know if you guys could tell, but uh, it seemed pretty clear that like something happened to the animation in this episode. It's a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, squirrelier, like looser than the other episodes. I didn't notice. You guys didn't notice? Okay. Nope. Maybe it's just me. Uh, it's, it's your TV, maybe, Dan. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> your eyes are just a little looser or squirrelier than they used to be. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe your cat got jealous. It's possible. Uh, so we see uh, Xanatos and. Uh, Owen are at I think we get a shot of Xanatos like in prison like his mm-hmm. yeah in his prison cell which has like rugs and furniture and uh, a whole desk in it though so he's not exactly in solitary confinement no uh, but he does not enjoy the food uh, so that's so, what we've learned about sad. Xanatos in prison yeah. and he he eats food with the general population yeah, I don't, yeah, it's a very Lex Luthor lifestyle that he's got going on. Um, but Owen and uh, Xanatos meeting uh, by a guy dressed as a prison guard who introduces himself as Macbeth. Um, you probably uh, would recognize uh, the voice actor for Macbeth because it's John Reese Davies, the guy who. So happy to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's uh, he does Gimli in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, he was. In Indiana Jones, very. He was in Sliders. Sliders, yes. <laughs> I have never heard of Sliders. Oh man! Add to the list. 
Yeah. It's a great. It's a great we need to make a Google document of all these things that I, that I got it. Want. Don't worry. I got <laughs> it. <laughs> Get on it, Katie. Oh, God. Um, so at this part, when he starts talking about, like, uh, talking to uh, Xanatos about relieving his pest problem, I got very confused. He was like, how, how does he have experience on getting rid of gargoyles if these are the only gargoyles that exist? Right. Well, they, they've got to not be. Yeah. So that was fun lore that I was thinking. Well, of. at this point, we do know that Demona has been kicking around the for the last thousand years possibly so possibly we can't trust her yeah there will be some references so uh macbeth shows up at the castle um at sunset and uh everybody everybody's uh worried about detective maza because uh she and macbeth have been having conversations uh beforehand i think broadway literally drops the line is this guy bothering you (laughs) So uh, Macbeth uh, then kind of just goes on the attack uh, and shows pretty handily that he knows how to deal with gargoyles as he just kind of kicks everyone's ass for about two minutes straight uh, as he basically reveals himself to be Batman, just throwing right. gadgets oh, and devices at him. I hate his costume that he comes in. It, I don't like it. It's, it's that, just... what, that big overcoat with the... like. We- tight ab shirt and something yeah Hmm. i was like this is weird (laughs) and his primary weapon seems to be like a net gun a gun that shoots nets Uh, Uh, he's not he's not seemed to be interested in killing uh the gargoyles but capturing them Uh, and he he manages to uh get hold of uh our our three what what are we calling them not i keep wanting to call them the three idiots but the dunce trio the dunce trio yes i want to use our our trademarked name for, for, uh, for these guys <laughs> trademark of rachel co uh, so uh yeah oh so owen uh is basically like hey stop destroying the castle uh you jackass and uh he uh convinces uh Macbeth to leave who calls up uh his uh flying uh I don't know what it is hover jet hover jet yeah yeah and he makes off with uh the dunce trio uh no no just two of them right oh just two of them and the dog and the dog dog and and Brooklyn and and the dog yeah yeah so Broadway and Hudson and Goliath are left uh, after Goliath is electrocuted off of the hover jet. <laughs> he, he really likes his electricity. Yeah, it well, works. It's, it's a very, like, uh, fun, non-lethal weapon that uh, people can... Uh, so we get caught up and we see... Uh, no, non-lethal, non-lethal, in quotation marks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, non-lethal in the TV way, where the same way that, like, if you bash someone on the back of the head, you knock them unconscious, and you don't give them brain damage. So, mm-hmm. right. Uh, so we f- catch up with Lexington and Brooklyn and Bronx, and they are being held in Castle Macbeth. I think this uh, is also. I think this is also where it's revealed that there's a Church of Demona. Yeah, yeah. yeah th- so there's uh, Macbeth. Obviously, has some connection with Demona, or at least a fascination uh with her uh and he's uh setting up uh our second uh death trap uh here yeah 
I mean, um, he also has a castle. What, like right outside New York? I yeah, I suppose so. Like maybe like um, like the X Men School kind of location, yeah, uh, just a little upstate. Yeah, you know, sure, that's where the castles are. <laughs> I've right. Never- I've never been up to upstate New York, so it might be true. That's right. <laughs> there's a lot of open space up there for castles. <laughs> it's not all a lot of castles. available. It's, it's, uh, there's no open space anymore. It's all castles. So we watch as uh, well, I guess I guess he demands to have the uh, the magic spell book uh, brought to him. Owen is like, "Hell no, you can't take this book." Uh, and uh, wait, the, wait. I don't think I don't think. Macbeth wanted the magic book. No, Owen did. Why well, do the no. gargoyles go after this? The book? gargoyles are taking the book because uh, Maza convinces Hudson and Broadway, who have stayed behind, while yeah. Goliath goes to save the other gargoyles. That they uh, need Maza to convinces them that they need to relocate, that they need to protect their home, but this place is not their home. This is an unsafe place for them. And so in relocating, they decide they can't leave the magic book uh, in the hands of, of Xanatos. Literally, literally their only enemy. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, not anymore, right? They have the pack now, and they have this crazy, this new crazy billionaire. Um, well, well, the pack works for Xanatos, though they don't know it. Oh, uh, fair enough. But so, yeah. right, so they, they take the book. Owen gets in the way to stop them. My note here says that, well, geez, he is just stone cold. And he literally stands in and, like, goes toe-to-toe with, was it Broadway for a minute? Yeah. Hudson, I think, yeah. Hudson, okay. But, and, um, he's, and he's just uh, in, 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 incapacitated by a crutch. Yes, yes. He, but, uh, but so, I mean, you know, he's willing to go up against these, these hardcore, tough-fighting monsters that he knows what they can do. So just Owen, Owen is a, is a cold fish and I'm, he is kind of creepy, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they take the book to some supposed new home. Uh, while there's an action scene going off at upstate Macbeth castle. Yeah. Where we find that uh, Brooklyn and Lexington have uh, settled on a plan to escape their electrified cages, which is that they're going to get themselves electrocuted enough so that Bronx, the gargoyle dog, can uh, free himself from his cage and bring help back Lassie style. Uh, can, I, can I point out like a flaw in no. this brilliant plan? <laughs> That's not why we're here, Nick. We're not here to nitpick the stupidest detail. <laughs> That's well, the only no, reason we're here. This is actually kind of relevant because, first off, not only do they both, by electrocuting themselves not really prevent Brock from getting electrocuted. He just sort of powers through it. Right. Um, but later Bronx comes back <laughs> yep. and yep. just electrocutes himself even more and breaks the cage to get them out. Yes. Yep. It's, that was my thought when seeing they could have came just, back. They could have just broken yeah, out. They, they I think just they said, could, oh, yeah. If Bronx could do it, they could do it. I'm sure they're just as strong as him. So I'm sure they could have just broken out. I mean, Oh, well, they. Oh, I think it's implied that they're wimpier in pain tolerance. But even still, they should have just had Bronx break them out. I don't. Yes, they should have said, "Okay, Bronx, good job. Now do our bars." Yeah. Um. Since apparently he could. <laughs> well, it's also kind of implied that they fried the machine a little bit when they did it the first time. Is it? I mean, well, I know that like they were drawing its power away from their cage so that Bronx could 
endure the electricity to break out of his. That was the whole plan. But nobody was doing that when Bronx came back. And yeah. I, so you saw an implication that that they weakened the machine in the in the process. The machine was smoking in the background. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. It was smoking, so maybe it was just showing exertion. But I, I will... mean, the, the gargoyles were also smoking. <laughs> <laughs> smoking is bad, kids. Don't smoke. Don't vape Gun, either. No smoking. Don't vape. Yeah. <laughs> don't was the machine vaping in the background? Because that yeah, leads was... to cancer. <laughs> It's okay. I saw a movie where somebody was actually vaping and it weirded me out. <laughs> That's good. It's weird. <laughs> Peter, you saw this movie as well. I maybe did I? Oh yes. I was it was it knives out? Yes. Yes. The, the, the child was vaping. I don't remember her name. Oh was the child the, it was, it was, was the no the college age young woman. Yes. Person? Yes. Meg. 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 Yeah. Meg. Meg. Anyways, back to so, Gargoyles. Yeah, Bronx is, uh, Bronx is running off to get help and uh, just runs right into Times Square. It's like, and yeah. uh, I guess. How did uh, he get out of the castle? He jumped right through the front door, like literally yeah. smashed a hole in it. He kind of cannonballed his way. I think the hole was gone when he smashed his way back <laughs> in later. <laughs> because later well, we see all these like gates that come down through the castle. Oh yeah, like these solid steel dropping barriers. Oh, yeah, this I mean, is it, where, it this does is... seem like Macbeth's intention here is to draw more gargoyles to him, so he may have just let yeah. the dog go. You know, this is where my quibble comes in. Ooh, okay. I hated how the metal sounded when they were ripping it apart. It didn't sound like metal. Hmm. It didn't leap out at me. What did it sound like? It sounded like tinfoil. It was very wink, oh. wimpy. Because, like, metal screeches when you... Uh... Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. So, yeah, Bronx and Goliath hook up in uh, the middle of Times Square, uh, which I guess... Yeah, there's, like, there's no secret Secret identities anymore. are out. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I think this is the scene that has a great reference that I... Well, I thought it was a reference to uh, Batman, the animated series. With uh, Goliath flying over, and you can see his shadow. It kind of looks like Batman's shadow. Yes, yeah, just like right mm-hmm. over the moon. It was like the bat signal. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of references to other shows. Like, there's literally a scene where watching Backpack, uh, which well, was like a, a Donald Duck TV show. Was yeah. that? Say that again. What was it called? The Quack Pack. The Quack Pack. That was a real show. I saw Donald Duck. Show. I saw yeah. the the snippet at the beginning of this episode where they were watching Donald Duck, and I was just. It it blew me away a little bit, and I was also curious if that was a real uh, segment from a from a real episode of something else, or if I mean, they'd just drawn it for this. Yeah. Nope, it was a real segment from a real show. That is so funny. Yeah, I uh, I like that. So let's see. Uh, after that, uh, Bronx leads Goliath back to Castle Macbeth. Uh, where we get another one of our death traps uh, as Macbeth has been prepared uh, for this. Although it seems like he did not want to attract Goliath, but instead was looking for Demona. Right. And this is where uh, we get the, the weird stained glass image of Macbeth, like staring up at Demona in some weird form of worship or something. Yes. Uh, very strange. Uh, and uh, clearly foresha- we'll never foreshadowing more about this. Nope, we're definitely going to learn more about it. It's great. Yay! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is Demona so, a god of... Did she become a god of some religion? 
Well, so d- isn't it this episode where we learn that Macbeth is the one who named her? Yes. Oh, yeah. He's the one who named her Demona. So that, to me, could mean one of two interesting things. Either that Macbeth is is old, like ancient old. He's an immortal. Right, or something. Maybe he understands magic of some sort. He is from the Highlands. (laughs) Well, right. So either that or um, maybe even, well... I don't know, maybe just Demona didn't have a name until recently, which to me seems kind of... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I'm thinking... Um, you said Highlands, and so my brain went to the Highlander, so he's just exactly. the moral. Mm. You just gotta cut off his Boy, head. What if that's... Maybe that's the case. I don't know. This is... Boy. <laughs> you guys it, strap in, because these are all great theories, but they... And they're... And they're Close. You guys are getting are close, they but like, weird? <laughs> I mean, you need to you need to crank it up even higher when we get what? to the truth. Is he a oh, no. time traveler? Is he the original Viking from the Nick. past? Nick, that's enough. That's enough. I don't want to. I don't want to know until I get there. I'm just guessing. I have no yeah. clue. It's not. No, I won't tell you guys. But feel free to throw. I mean, he's I actually a dwarf. <laughs> Nick, you spent oh. your one. You spent your one, by the way. What? What? My swear? Yeah. Oh, I can swear as much as I want. Ooh, Mr. Big Shot here. Don't dare me. Don't dare me. Poop, 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 yeah, it's poop, because poop. you're not editing these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't edit out the swears even if I was. Aww, poop, poop. I just put weird sound effects in for when we're swearing, so be ready for that. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that is your punishment for swearing on the Nostalgia Plus show. Uh, well, so we, we don't we don't have an we don't have an audience demographic, so we don't know who's watching this. Fair enough. It doesn't matter with uh, the new what is it, COPPA laws or whatever. Yeah. We just have to acknowledge who we're making it for. It doesn't matter who actually. Wait, what are we? What <laughs> have you heard about this on YouTube? They're like now requiring everybody to list um, if their content is made for children, not if children watch it but if the intended audience is children they have to like list that and there's a whole new set of rules that apply to it yes is this, this is in youtube internal only i am not 100 percent sure Interesting. I, would, I think it is youtube because i don't think because it's, it's different for twitch and i think podcasting is much different as well hmm. yeah they don't kick in until 2020 but here's the thing we host ourselves we can do whatever we want yeah sorry i know this is gonna get edited out probably um and I apologize to make you do more work, Dan. That's okay. I'm only going to edit about the parts where you said this is going to get edited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back in Gargoyles, uh, <clears throat> Goliath and uh, Macbeth are having a throwdown. Uh, Brooklyn and uh, Bronx and Lexington have made their escape. Uh, in the course of the fight, uh, the castle gets lit on fire. Um, Goliath and Macbeth have a it's not a sword fight because Goliath is wielding like a mace, right? Uh, like a big old bald mace. Uh, and uh, Macbeth pulls one of those. I never liked this jacket anyway, moves <laughs> and <laughs> makes his escape. Uh, promising revenge and uh, being mostly mad at Demona for some reason that we still don't know. Uh, so Goliath uh, reunites all the gargoyles. 
with Detective Maza and then throws a hissy fit because Detective Maza convinced everyone to leave home. And he's like, no, the castle's our home. Uh, and Hudson has to be like, uh, hey, we have to have a quiet talk. Uh, real talk, buddy. That's not our home anymore, lad. Yeah, Ed Asner's Scottish brogue is pretty great. Uh, <laughs> I think he drops in a boot uh, in one of these episodes, too. Uh, which I just stopped. I had to stop a whole episode and laugh about. <laughs> uh, so they go off and they um, decide uh, that uh, they're, did we see their new home yet? Yeah. Or... They live in an abandoned clock tower or something. So I believe this is actually a clock tower that is over detective Maza's police precinct. What? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's no... convenient. There's... Yeah. Yeah, because I think in some future episodes, uh, we'll see Maza going into the precinct and then like up some stairs to the clock tower uh, at the top of the building. So they don't have cleaners up there. (laughs) Apparently, they just don't use that part anymore and the clock doesn't work and it's dirty. Yeah, and there aren't any like famous clock towers above police precincts that I'm aware of. So this is our what? Yeah, Yeah, but we lost all reality for it. And in the it's final cool. bit of the show, uh, we see uh, Xanatos returning to his castle home in the sky. And Owen has to say, sorry, but the Grimorum is gone. The gargoyles are gone. Uh, everything's uh, all messed up. But hey, I brought you an episode uh, recording of this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they learn about Macbeth and Xanatos taps his fingers together. Uh, you know, evilly. He steeples his fingers and says, how can I use this? Not only is he evil and all that good stuff, I almost almost swore there, guys. Um, (laughs) He also was released on Halloween. That's true. We saw the the calendar earlier. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that in there. I love that. So it's Halloween in that universe in that time. On that day. On that day, we watched an episode on Halloween. Well, maybe that's why Goliath didn't feel like he could just go oh. to Times Square because it was the Halloween or the day maybe, before Halloween. Maybe that's why nobody got all weird about it. Except it did yeah. fly away with a monster dog. <laughs> that's also, true. <laughs> also, it was a monster dog running through the middle of the street. Yeah, and they like jumping off cars and crushing them, like doing structural damage to cars. Which which then Goliath repeated when he was following uh uh Bronx back, you know, he leapt on some cars too. And I would think I, I expect Goliath to know better by this point. Don't to break know, things. Oh, to like, know that like that damages hand. people's vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I love I love this scene of Bronx running through the street where it just looks like he's having the worst and or best game of Frogger that's ever existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, so that's that's it for these three episodes. Um I do want to say we're up to episode nine and we have two crazy billionaires. <laughs> I'm this can only get better. I mean, we're the just pack, keep counting let's assume up, the right? pack are probably millionaires. They've got oh, for sure. They're millionaires deal going on. Yeah. 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 Is it just a lot easier to get rich in the nineties. Did I miss out? It, w- it was well, actually it was. a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Ah. It also helps when you invent space guns. That does help. Go back in time and invent space guns. Yeah, the pack the pack is not rich enough to afford their own robot army, but uh, they can dress uh, fun. (laughs) (laughs) They they can afford costumes. 
Oh, <laughs> that's, I have, that's close. You know, I have a good speaking of crazy space people. I know what movie we should watch. Uh, Scooby Scooby Doo, the Kiss movie for Scooby Doo. <laughs> Oh no! What? All right, put it on the list, Katie. All right, kiss Scooby Doo. <laughs> you know, one of these days, I for nostalgia plus, I would like to watch my childhood movie that I have not seen since I was a kid. Is it Planet of the Dinosaurs? I love that no. movie. No, it's Ugh. James and the Giant Peach. Oh, Ooh, my mom was movie. talking about that the other day. Wait, how old is this James and the Giant Peach? Oh, that's a good question. Probably I I watched years. it. I watched it every single day when I was five. Was this the was this before. animation? Yeah. Well, yeah, mostly. Okay. It was There's, a year before I was born, so oh 23 years ago. But I have not seen it since I was a small child. Interesting. Yeah. In my childhood movie that I watched over and over again, and my parents hated by then because the movie was so long, was Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, <gasps> oh my God, I love Kiki. Sorry. The thing is, my parents thought it was French. I was like, nope. This, <laughs> I, I recently told them, no, this movie is not French. This movie, <laughs> this movie How did they is... think? They just not pay attention? Uh, they probably didn't care. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, doesn't the movie take place in France or something like that? I think it or takes no. place in, in England because there's England. the Hindenburg. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there, that movie's like three movies put together. It's a very long movie. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to watch a movie like that or like Steam Boy, which, you know, they don't take place in Japan, but they are Japanese creations. It's, right. it's a classic Ghibli movie, which people don't, I didn't know to much eat later. Mm-hmm. He has a few, like, insp- Miyazaki has a few inspired by English, like, uh, Howl's Moving the, Castle. The Little People, yeah, yeah. Howl's Moving Castle, yeah. Um, and- the Secret World of Variety. Arietti, yeah, that's right. Okay. And there's also um, they made uh, Ghibli made an Earthsea movie. They certainly did. It was kind of terrible. Earth it was <laughs> like Earth- like with Ged and is that the one with the dragon? Yes, I, it's Ursula one of the ones K. with the dragon. Yeah. Wait, what? Put, uh, the Ursula K. Yeah, something. Ursula K. Le Guin. Yeah. Yeah, they made they took the first three books in the Earthsea series and made a movie out of it. Weird. Hmm. No. All right. So, no. regardless, That's we have to right. we have to we have to do Nick's childhood a justice and or injustice and watch James and Giant Peach. Well, yeah. among others, we're gonna watch a lot of things for this podcast. I think. Oh man, yeah. how sad. I mean, for movies, maybe we'll think about like trying to do a live watch or something like that. <gasps> that Ooh. would be fun. Yeah, we yeah. tried. We tried that once. It was an interesting experience. Uh, like, yeah, uh, tried that once. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> All so, right. we'll, we'll consider the logistics of doing that, but for now, let's let's uh, sing us out, sing ourselves out, shall we? If you want to shout out at movies that we need to watch or TV shows, uh, give give us a review on uh, Apple iTunes. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, you can also find me uh, Daniel Levinson DanielLevinson dot com. So, Sinister Infant on Twitter, uh, Katie. I'm Katie. You can find me at uh, also Twitter at shimmy book sorry forgot who i was um (laughs) also check out too many thoughts media we do f-bomb podcasts on there and our book reviews are all there all right nick uh you can find me twitter and instagram at tacky slacks peter you can uh follow me at shoeless pete uh you can visit 
the place where I make games, uh, shoelesspeakgames.com, or the place where I sometimes write things, uh, pashafer.com. And Rachel? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at ArgentRabe. If you get confused in the spelling, it should be in the description. Thanks very much, everyone, for another episode of Nostalgia Plus.